Welcome to Upstream Downstream, a lively civil discussion devoted to the political, policy, and cultural topics that often divide us. Upstream Downstream is presented by the Stubblefield Institute for Civil Political Communication at Shepherd University in cooperation with WSHC-FM and the Listen, Learn, Engage initiative. And now for this week's discussion. Welcome to Upstream Downstream. I'm Bianca Eisen. Of all the issues of our time, one of the most divisive and partisan issues is abortion. But is it as partisan as it is often made out to be? Joining me today to discuss the case against abortion is Jessica Meath. She is the National Communications Director with the Democrats for Life of America, the pro-life voice and wing of the Democratic Party. Jess, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. So just despite the frequent depictions of Republicans being pro-life and Democrats being pro-choice, as I mentioned, the Democrats for the life of America are pro-life Democrats. Religion tends to be a factor for those against abortion from the socially conservative side of the political spectrum. But why would someone on the left also be against abortion? Yes. So a very common misconception that people have about our org especially and we hear it all the time. We always say, like, if we had a dollar for every time we heard this, we'd be millionaires, <laughs> um, is that you can't be a pro-life and a Democrat, that they're oxymorons, and so how does this work? A huge part of our organization is magnifying, we call it a whole-life voice, um, within the Democratic Party. And there are actually according to the statistics that we found, that there are 21 million pro-life Democrats. So if you're listening to this and you're wondering, I just don't know how I could be a pro-life Democrat, you're not alone. There are 21 million of us. And we we constantly feel shunned and shut, shut out. Um, and it's just such a common misconception. And we actually network with a lot of partner orgs, such as POW, and secular pro-life. And this just shows us that being pro-life is not just a conservative or a religious issue. Abortion tends to be one of the hot topics for single-issue voters. Does this tend to be the case for pro-life Democrats as well, even if it means voting against their own party? That is one of the reasons why our org exists. We don't want people to be put in a position where they feel like they have to compromise other whole life issues. For each Democrat, it is different for our org. We're just so diverse. But that's why we want to elect and we endorse pro-life Democrats so no one feels conflicted when they come election day. You mentioned the term whole life issues. Can you talk to me more about what those are? Yes. So here at Democrats for Life, we want to build a shared vision where every life is protected from from womb to tomb, so from fertilization to natural death. Um, And we call that a whole life um, approach, or we Democrats for Life, we follow the consistent life ethic, which is life-affirming, which is promoting a life-affirming culture. So we want as whole life Democrats or whole life advocates, we want to be fierce voices for not just the issues of abortion. We want to take a holistic approach with assisted 
suicide, the death penalty, health care, systemic racism, and climate change, amongst many other different issues. We believe that all of these issues are life issues. So we'll come back, actually, to the systemic racism in a little bit. But where does the Democrats for Life of America stand on Roe versus Wade? Is it your wish that this longstanding precedent be overturned? Yes, at Democrats for Life, we definitely are fighting for um, Roe to be overturned. However, it does not stop there. Um, that will, If Roe is overturned, that is just the beginning. We need legislation that is going to support women, new parents, and their children throughout life. Um, so it's just the beginning, and we need better legislation that is going to support these women and their children throughout life, not just once the baby's born. So then does your organization get involved in the business of endorsing or opposing candidates, or are you associated with a PAC that gets involved with campaigns? We do endorse candidates, and they do work with our candidate outreach director, and they also fill out a questionnaire so we can get a better idea of where they stand um, on these whole life issues. Abortion is one of them, and at Dems for Life, we are so fiercely committed to protecting preborn children that we will not endorse a candidate who supports and advocates for abortion rights and abortion access. So if you don't endorse candidates who support abortion rights, how often do you find yourself endorsing Democratic candidates? More often than not, but it is a really, it's not, it's definitely not an easy feat because the um, pro-life and whole-life Democrats that are coming to our org and asking us for guidance and for endorsement, they often feel shut out. So they often feel conflicted that they cannot run as a pro-life Democrat. Um, and a common roadblock that we're coming across is that they often feel like they have to switch parties or um, that they have to keep their... Um, stance on abortion and being pro-life. They just have to be really hush about it. So we want to encourage them and we want to magnify a whole life voice so people know that, hey, you know, we, there can be pro-life Democrats. And if there's not space for us, then we want to be included in the big tent party, which is founded upon inclusivity and diversity, that there should absolutely be space for us. So how has your stance on abortion affected your reception by fellow Democrats? With us at, with us at Democrats for Life, it's super helpful that we're joined by an, an incredible team of donors and supporters, so it makes us feel like less alone. Um, Actually, I just wrote a press release and we sent it out to our national media. Um, we, Dems for Life, was super, super excited and we still are about attending the annual March for Life in D.C. Um, on Friday the 20th, so just coming up. But we had planned our annual breakfast at a local restaurant and we actually got noticed yesterday that because of complaints from the community, that um, the 
felt like they had to cancel our venue, that that guests have reached out about the nature of the event and they didn't feel comfortable hosting us. Um, so I wrote a press release talking about, hey, this is just like another example of not including uh, not including pro-life Democrats. So what would be your advice to a pro-life Democrat who is struggling to find their place in the party? As I mentioned before, there are 21 million pro-life Democrats. And before I started with Democrats for Life, I constantly felt um, shunned and shut out, that I, I just felt like I did not have a place. Um, and it was, it was really heartbreaking. It was really disheartening and really discouraging. And so first and foremost, I would, I want to let you know that you're not alone. And, um, there are 21 million of us. And not only is it leaning on the 21 million of us, but it's also really fighting for our voices to be heard. That really fighting for an inclusive and diverse space in the Big Ten party. What challenges do you face being a pro-life Democrat? It sounded like you almost lost the venue coming up. Is that something you encounter very often? So we actually ended up losing the venue. So we have to find a completely new one. And we were so disappointed. It just was just another example of pro-life Democrats being shunned and shut out. It is a really tough battle for us as an org. I know that we're, we've been having trouble with the DNC, the Democratic National Committee, and just the general public perception of you just can't be a pro-life Democrat. It's an oxymoron. It's probably the biggest challenge we face as an org. You're listening to Upstream Downstream, sponsored by the Stubblefield Institute for Civil Political Communications and the Listen, Learn, Engage initiative at Shepherd University. We're talking with Jessica Meath, the National Communications Director for the Democrats for Life of America, to discuss her perspective as a pro-life Democrat. So Jess, does the interest of your organization lie in restricting access to abortion, or is it more interested in changing the culture around it? It's definitely, we take for Democrats for Life because we are so, just the name brings politics. It's definitely a legislative side and a legislative approach, but actually on our website, we clearly state, too, that it's about life-affirming cultural change. Through, we say, legal protection, life-affirming cultural change, and economic justice. So we approach it from all different angles because we know that typically politics and culture are very much tied together. Well, there is an argument that illegalizing abortions wouldn't stop abortions, just the safe ones. Are you concerned about unsafe abortions should a woman's right to choose be revoked? Yes. So at Dems for Life, if abortion access is restricted, as we have seen with with the Texas heartbeat bill and just as Roe v. Wade hangs in balance from the Dobbs v. Jackson argument, we are very, very much aware of the concerns of how this will affect women, and especially women in low-income communities. And um, we are very much aware of the concern for unsafe abortion. And 
our organization, we actually approached this when the FDA allowed abortion pills to be sent directly to women via mail. And we, my direct, my, our executive director, DFLA, Kristen Day, I actually have it pulled up in front of me. She um, quoted and said, for all the warnings about, you know, SCOTUS overturning Roe and causing unsafe back alley abortions, it is really ironic that it's actually the FDA that's creating these dangerous back alley situations for women with their decision to allow abortion by mail. And we, I, we made a social media post about it. We included it in our newsletter. We were working on a press release and we talked about how abortion is actually very unsafe for women. Would you like to elaborate more about why you believe abortion itself is unsafe? Yes. So especially with the FDA decision, um, we had found out that abortion pills, particularly in this, in the magnitude of the FDA's decision, was that the FDA has actually reported severe side effects that are associated with medical and chemical abortion, and that these abortion pills place women at great danger for injury, infertility, and even death. And we, we found that 24 women have actually lost their lives from um, medical abortion and from the abortion pills, that 24 women have died. You brought up previously that illegalizing abortion would be particularly impactful for women in poorer communities, but then there's also the belief that it would negatively impact women of color. In our justice system, pulling back to that systemic racism, if abortion should be declared illegal, Many believe that women of color would be more likely to be arrested, to face charges. So would illegalizing abortion compound the already racial bias that exists in our justice system? Absolutely. And just in the past week, there was a New Jersey bill that was passed and is expected to be signed by the governor. And we were, Dems for Life, we, we wanted to speak about this and we were trying to find statistics about abortion in New Jersey. And what we found was really quite alarming. According to Guttmacher Institute, 75% of women who seek abortion are financially insecure. And we found that minority women are extremely overrepresented in those statistics. In New Jersey alone, we found that the Kaiser Family Foundation reported that nearly 40% of abortions in New Jersey occurred in the black community. And I believe 22% of those occurred in the Hispanic community. The, the Charlotte Lazier Institute calculated that the white abortion rate in New Jersey was about 5.6 abortions for a thousand white women aged 15 to 44. And this was taken in 2017. It was compared to the black abortion rate in New Jersey of 29.7 abortions per 1,000 black women. And so this just points out the, the racial disparity in abortions. No matter what side you're on, I think we can all look at that and say, oh, wow, wow. The statistics here are telling us something. Those are shocking statistics, but if abortion were to become illegal... What about the ramifications? Because a woman of color would be 
statistically more likely to face those yeah. repercussions than a white woman. Yes, and that's where the importance of better legislation, better support, and better resources for these women and their babies so that they can feel confident and supported enough to bear and raise their child. And so that's just a huge part of our org is fighting for this legislation that's going to help women. We are fighting for paternal and maternal leave. We're the only country that doesn't offer it. We are fighting for legislation that's going to support prenatal and postpartum care, daycare and education vouchers, access to better health care, housing assistance, and food security, just for just better social programs for these women and so that they can, throughout life, be able to support their child. Many of us have seen what's happening in Texas and, as you say, New Jersey with regards to state legislation around abortion. Do you personally believe this issue should remain something that is handled by the states, or is this an issue that should be settled at the federal level? So just from the recent news and the different coverage around Roe v. Wade and Dobbs versus Jackson, we've seen the Supreme Court hear arguments for Dobbs v. Jackson and in the case that Roe is overturned, it is the most likely outcome is that it would go back to the state. And that's why it's so important that Dems for Life is so, is so passionate and we know it's so important that we work with legislation on the state and local levels. So something that you've also brought up is the issue of abortion isn't just about abortion. And I'd like to talk about those issues that surround it, such as how we teach sex education, our foster care system, access to health care and contraceptives. I imagine an effective way to change the way we view abortion would be to change the way our society handles all of these issues related to it. So mm -hmm. what so what sort of changes would we need to make as a society in order to make abortion even unnecessary? So as Dems for Life, we take the approach of if we don't respect life before birth, then we're not going to respect it after birth. And if we just look at the difficult year of 2020 and how human life was not respected and human dignity was just ripped away. Um, especially in the realm of systemic racism. It was still very, very difficult for us as a country to heal from that, to understand that, and to work towards a more just culture and just society. And we believe that Dems for Life, that all of these issues go hand in hand. And like I just said, we take it from the approach that if we don't respect life in the womb, we're not going to respect it outside of it. Respecting life has to start in the womb at the moment of fertilization. As we come to the end of our discussion together, do you have any final thoughts on the issue of abortion or how we as a society can make this a non-issue? Personally speaking from this, before I worked at Dems for Life, and it's something that my team really encourages me to speak about 
is that I actually worked with and counseled abortion-minded women before I came to Dems for Life. I worked with um, I worked with a nonprofit that financially assists women in crisis pregnancy, and that outlook, that experience, has really just opened my eyes, especially for the need for better resources, better support, and better legislation. I I always I always like to say that if people had the experience of directly walking with women through crisis pregnancies, that they would understand that many of them, many of them. They want real choice and real support, not abortion presented as a default option or even as an empowering option. Many of the women who I worked with at this nonprofit were very, very hurt by the message that the abortion industry, how abortion was presented to them, that having an abortion or that bearing and raising children that being a mom, being being a parent, that they would not be capable of pursuing an education or a career. Many of these women felt very hurt and they felt demeaned by by the kind of message that was presented to them. And so as a culture, we need to empower and encourage these mothers that they can do this, but there needs to be a better support, better resources, and better legislation. And that's all the time we have for this episode. I'd like to thank our guest, Jessica Meath, for taking the time to talk with us today. Jess, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'd also like to thank our producer, Sarah Burke, and our acting director, Greg Fields. Thank you all so much for listening. And until next time, I'm Bianca Eisen. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Upstream Downstream, presented by the Stubblefield Institute for Civil Political Communications at Shepherd University. To learn more about the Stubblefield Institute, other programs such as the Listen, Learn, Engage initiative or the American Conversation series, or to become a friend of the Institute, please go online to stubblefieldinstitute.org.